You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith and the interview subject coming up, it's Schmier from German Outfit Destruction, one of my favourite interview subjects of all time. Love talking to this fella. The reason for the conversation is to talk about the brand new album for 2019. It's called Born to Perish. I think it'll be out within a month or so. Today's date is the 10th of July, so expect it to be out rather soon globally via Nuclear Blast. So let's have a listen to what he has to say. Here we go. Gremlins happen, given we're thousands uh, of kilometres away and all the rest of it, but that's, it's good to talk to you again. Yeah, it's more like the shitty German Wi-Fi sometimes, actually. <laughs> it's, not the dis- it's not the distance, you know. Uh, we, had, we had some thunderstorms and some weather problems uh, the last day, so sometimes the internet is slow the next day then because uh, Germany is a high-tech country, but uh, Wi-Fi from medieval times. Yeah, we have the same issues, don't worry. It's the one thing you constantly hear people in Australia comparing our national broadband network, the way we connect via the internet, with uh, countries in Africa, for example. Meaning, meaning <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. I mean, you know, even India has a better Wi-Fi than most most of the Western countries. It's actually a little bit shameful. Yeah. But, yeah, the government is starting now to realize, you know, the problem is the government people are mostly old people. You know? yes. they, don't do the, they don't do internet stuff, you know. They have secretaries and, and, personal, <laughs> and personal bloggers and everybody else does their shit, you know. So they don't depend on the internet. They might even never don't even have a fucking own phone, you know. It's uh, it's uh, in Germany. The people are on the street against stuff like this now. So they're starting to to kind of uh, try to renew the politics and kind oh, of God, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, kind of also renew the internet. Finally, is we get some faster Wi-Fi. You know? It's the future. You got to compete, you know. Well, the big thing here in Australia is five G. I don't know whether you've got, you've got that penetration there in Germany, but uh, mobile. Uh, like what you get on terrestrial internet, you can now get on mobile in the capital cities in Australia, so through this 5G technology. So you can get up to a gig up and down, upload and download, and that is changing the game so much because eventually people won't even need to use the connection or the Wi-Fi. They'll just be using their mobile internet and it'll give yeah, them yeah. appropriate packets and sessions and all the rest of that associated with that which will mean that you're working on the go and it doesn't matter how much data you're consuming and you can connect fairly seamlessly there's a a lot of the propaganda out there about how it's bad for your health but I'm, i don't know about that i don't think governments are in the business of on mass trying to poison people despite what the conspiracy yeah. theorists say you know yeah i mean you know i'm thinking about this sometimes it's like electricity on your head all the time you know i remember um, James Murphy, the guitar player from from yeah, the Death cool. guitar player, yeah. he had he had brain cancer back in the day, and uh, I remember I met him in California um, when he was in his treatments and, and stuff, and he was he was like accusing his his cell phone for for his brain cancer, oh, but yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean then we we all should have brain cancer, right? Because we're all addicted to the phone, right? so. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff we do nowadays is not healthy, you know, so. I think we're human and we get diseases. That's just a fact of life, unfortunately. You know, you mentioned James there. Of course, Chuck died of a of something related to getting a brain tumor. Chuck Schuldiner, I'm talking about, sorry, died of yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And that was well before mobile started to become as popular as they are now. And when you go to populations where they don't use a lot of technology, they still get cancers in the brain and stuff. So, who, honestly, who knows? I think as long as yeah. you're, you're happy and fulfilled and leading the life that you want to lead, I don't think you can much ask for much more than that there. But 
be for the grace of God. You know, my dad died years ago from brain cancer too. You know, and, and these, these things happen. You've just got to sort of, unfortunately, whichever way you look at it, you've got to take them in your stride because death is a fact of life and bad things yeah. like diseases and cancers and all the rest of it. It's just a part of the human condition. It is. And if you, if you sneak through till the end, to to a late end, you're lucky. Anyways, mm. we should start, I think, because I was very late. And so we... Well, we, we should we should start. We have yeah. we have uh, we have still twenty minutes, so no problem. Yeah, no, you got um, yeah, it's uh, what can I say, mate? This is the third time we've had a chat, and I wouldn't expect you to remember me, little old me, given you talked to thousands of people on the promotional trail of uh, Panzer, and then there was the Last Destruction album and the like. But it's always a, a pleasure to look forward to talking to you. And this time around, we've got Born to Perish to talk about. This is a new album. So the first thing I noticed, I've got to say, is apart from all the obvious things, so there's your killer vocal, Mike's guitar, the drumming is outstanding on this album. I think it's probably the best drumming on a Destruction album, I've got to say, I have to say. And um, the other thing is you've got a brand new guitarist to add into the fold as well, Damir. So can you tell me about him? Yeah, Damir, he's um, he's basically a friend of the band that uh, we met some years ago when he supported... Uh, Destruction the first time with his band and his girlfriend is a guitar player of a band called Burning Witch, is like all female heavy metal band that yeah. I produced. Oh, so we did. had a lot of we had, we had a lot of contact in the last years, in the last three, four years. And he also played uh, uh, some leads on the last uh, destruction album under attack. And we always knew he's a fantastic player and uh, he was always like so, somehow you know, I always admire him, but um, hmm. we never had uh, we never had the idea to ask him about Johnny Destruction because we've been looking for a guitar player for a while, actually, for for quite a while, uh, hmm. and um, we wanted to wait for the right guy for the right moment. And uh, Damia was uh, the right guy, the right moment. You know, he's a he's somebody that we know. He's an outstanding player, and now that we had the had finally the balls to change to a four-piece again because we were talking about it for many years. It was a big step for us, but uh, we were just sure that he's the the right guy to mm. fulfill in those big steps, you know, because uh, we didn't know how the fans would react and everything. But uh, for us, it was an important step to, you know, uh, to finally write an album with two guitars again and also for, you know, upgrade the live situation with two guitars. Being a trio was great, but now with a second guitar, the band sounds sounds wicked. Is it just a case of rounding out the sound and making it sound bigger than what it did just with Mike on guitar? Is that what you were aiming it, it, to do? It, it has a lot of pluses, you know. It's uh, First of all, when you compose the songs with two guitars, you have more possibilities. You can do double leads, you can do more harmonies. When you post, compose with one guitar and you always have the perspective of, of playing live as a three-piece, you will never give it all. You will always hold back some ideas. You will always hold back harmonies and possibilities. Mm. And I, I was fed up with this. I was like, I want to compose a destruction album out of the full that we can really do everything. And, uh, and uh, of course, for the live situation also, um, two guitars are, you know. It's easier. There's more, yeah, it's, you know, mm. there's more power, of course. Mm. There's more harmonies. Also, we are able to do uh, double harmony solos again, yes. which we already did in the 80s, you know. So that's always a, a great aha effect when you're live and the guitar players unite in the double harmony lead. It's like great. You know? So mm -hmm. we always want you wanted to have this again. And uh, it's, 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 it's a plus on many levels. And also Damir 
he's a, a fantastic uh, lead player. He's like a shred, shred god, you know. So he, mm. he adds a lot of, a lot of little, little shredding details to the band. Where's he from with a name like that? Is he Croatian or Serbian, or where did you pick him up from? Yeah, he's actually he's actually Swiss, but uh, his parents are from Bosnia. Okay, so there you he, go. Yeah. He, 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 he uh, ran away from the war hmm. uh, in the Yugoslavian uh, from the Yugoslavian war back in the day. Mm-hmm. And he grew up in Switzerland. up in Switzerland. That's also what he did. Okay, that's the Burning Witches connection because I've had a chat to. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't remember the drummer's name. The Filipino lass. Oh, Lala, Lala. Lala. Yeah, Lala. yeah. Had a, had a chat to her. They've they've had a change, haven't they? They've got a new new guitarist, a new singer on board. Yeah, the guitarist is on board now since one and a half years already. But uh, the singer just recently changed. And uh, yeah, sometimes you know stuff happens. Quite tragic. Uh, she got a new boyfriend, and the new boyfriend had weird influences on oh her. Oh God! Yeah. And, and all you know, all of a sudden, the the, the the whole the whole unity thing was gone, and there was the singer in the band, and uh, the new boyfriend brought in weird ideas and and weird also uh, religious uh, things. And uh, I cannot oh go God. that deep, but you know, it's been it's been not very nice for the girls. And they, the singer left the band, actually. She left the band behind in the middle of the summer season of all festivals. So they had to look for a professional singer. But as I'm the manager and I know everybody in the business, I mm. we, could, we could find somebody quick. But it was not a nice thing. You know, I, yeah. any, any, band, any bands going to this, uh, I didn't know how it is. It's difficult to replace it. Very hard, uh, mate. Yeah, very hard. A singer, singer and a front man and a front woman in this case, you know. But uh, the girls are doing great. They found a great new singer, and they playing all the festivals this summer the first time. So uh, mm-hmm. they will go their way. They they, they are hardworking uh, chicks, you know. And uh, yeah. it's it's not it's not always so easy as people think as a girl band, you know. So yeah. they've been really working hard their way up, and they were very lucky, of course, that they reached so many fans already in this short amount of time. Those first three years, they made a crazy to year actually hey i want to talk about somebody else unrelated to destruction and burning witches and everything else but you and i lost somebody that i think it's fair to say was important to us last year and ralph santola and i had a chat the night that he passed away actually i was chatting to speed from soil work and you were you were mates with him so you were close to him but i wasn't i mean i knew him i'd spoken to him twice and i was facebook friends with him but we, we, the conversations that I had, one of them was for a podcast episode and another one was intended to be a podcast episode. But uh, we sort of, we talked about all sorts of different things and he didn't want that one to go to where. But my question for you, mate, is I think we lost a giant of the heavy metal industry, not just heavy metal, I should say the music industry when he passed away. But are you cool sharing some of your thoughts about Ralph? Uh, Ralph, he was a character, you know. He was a, he was a crazy person and he always liked to party. He maybe party too hard also, you know. That's the tribute you sometimes have to pay when you when you party too hard in life. Hmm. And uh, I, I was very sad the last year that uh, that he wasn't in the band anymore. He wasn't in an active band anymore because he was such a great player. And uh, his background was uh, was always more like the seventies, you know, like stuff yeah. like Rainbow and, and Scorpions, and and he loved all those those seventy players. But he brought this stuff into into death metal also, you know. So he's. Uh, he was one of the first really skilled lead players in, in death metal back in the day, and he uh, was always very funny. Also, had a very uh, very black humor, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. all the time when we played in Florida, uh, he came always to the show, and you know, uh, he brought always great great humor and and, and, and great uh, 
entertainment to the show. It was very sad for me to see that. I think uh, the fact that he kind of, you know, had the tragic ending had, had to do with everything involved in this music business also. You know, when you when you kind of uh, don't play in the band anymore and you're used to this, uh, yeah. you stay home, we stay home all the time and you see all your friends touring and, and you don't and you're like such a passionate musician as him. Mm. I think that, that was really something that, that killed him also in, in, in a mental way, you know. Mm. And... Uh, I was talking to him often, and, and he was always hopeful for a new project, pro products uh, that he's going to do some new projects, and mm. they never really happened. So it's very sad because Ralphie was a was one of a kind, you know, and one of those guys you you met, you meet him once, you will never forget him anymore. Agreed. Yeah. I, look, I thought he, without him, Deicide wouldn't have be around now. For starters, okay, I thought the work he did with No Bitchery was outstanding, but the work he did with Deicide on The Stench of Redemption was all time. I mean, it's one of my favourite albums ever written, and it's all because of him. And I'm a Deicide fan, but dear God, when he joined that band and when I saw him play in the band here in Brisbane in the arena, an old venue that's now long gone, holy shit, his guitar playing live was just something else. He was uh, I'd never heard anybody bring shred to death metal the way that he had. You know, yeah, he was one. He was, he was one of the unique guys in, in Death Metal. Uh, he, he brought those the more melodic elements, you know, but they were fitting perfectly for this kind of music. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I still, you know, I still can't really believe he's gone somehow, you know, because he lives far away and I used to see him all the time on tours and on festivals and all of a sudden he's not just, he's just not there anymore and I couldn't even say goodbye to him, you know. I yeah. guess the worst thing about death is uh, that uh, people just go away and you can't, you can't say goodbye. You can't farewell them. Uh, that's that's something that is really disturbing. And it's actually a song that I wrote in the album. It's about uh, about this uh, this death actually of uh, good friends. Really? Uh, it's yeah. It's um, the second song on the album uh, inspired by death. It's a song that I wrote actually. Okay. In the week in the week when Ralph uh, Santola died, because Ralph died. And uh, Mark Paganini died also, who was also an old friend of mine, okay. a former singer from a German band called Viva. He was uh, the band from Barbara Schenker, the sister of the Schenker brothers, you know. Mm. And uh, and another friend of mine died, it wasn't a famous musician, but three, three of my friends died in, in, in within one week. And they're all like around my age, you know. So I, I sat down and wrote some lyrics. Um, it's the only song that I first had the lyrics and then wrote the music on the album. Okay, there you go. Yeah, no, it's been a funny year for those sorts of things. Um, but I guess, you know, I'm in my 40s. and Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's going to happen more and more now because, uh, you know, we started with a scene and now we will end with the first generation of the scene, you know. It's kind yeah. of, we, we will see all the legends die and... Uh, and, and Destruction Slayer, Creator Sodom, we will be the first uh, generation of thrash metal musicians going in in some years, you know. If, if you think about it, it freaks me out a bit, you know. But uh, I guess, as yeah. you said at the beginning of our conversation, it's life, you know. It's a circle of life. It is. It's, it's weird to think. Man, I remember back in the early 90s listening to you guys. It's weird to think you guys have been going for about 40 years now, at least 35 years. Yeah, 35. Uh, we, we're not sure, really. Some people say it's 36, 35. Uh, I, I would always say uh, we started in 83 uh, because it was the day of uh, the year of our first release of the first demo tape. Mm -hmm. uh, but we, we maybe been together since 82, but I'm not sure. You know, back in the day, we didn't really 
have a calendar and looked at it, you know, yeah. just like together and had fun, you know. So 83, uh, I would say officially for destruction as a start, you know. But yeah, it's uh, it's 35, 36 years. Uh, it's, it's a crazy amount of time and, uh, and uh, time in f uh, flying fast, especially the last 20 years. If I look at it, since the band came back, it's been crazy fast. I bet. Yeah, it has been. Yeah, the, ever since I actually remember when you came back into the band and it felt like a rebirth and that was about 98, 99 or thereabouts. And I remember downloading some of the stuff that you had on the internet at the time over my very slow ADSL connection, <laughs> talking about what we were talking about earlier. And, yeah, and, that, was, that was when the internet just started to become big. <laughs> yeah, I remember getting the Mad Butcher and having that as my screensaver. Well, my parents' computer's screensaver. <laughs> you can imagine how impressed they were. And I remember doing that. But, man, it just seems like yesterday that I was doing that, living at home with my parents and listening to Destruction. And now I've got two kids myself and I'm well into my 40s. And, you know, <laughs> God, I haven't had anybody look after me for years, 20 years or something like that. But through all of that... You know, but... I mean, it's crazy how music gives you a time travel. It's, uh, it's always fantastic. It is. That's, that's what I love. I love most about music is the you know music makes you travel in time so quick. You know when you hear a song, you just go back in time and like, hey, this is how it was back in the day. That's that's something only music can do. Yeah. yeah. Hey, how much time have we got left? Have we got to wrap things up? We got time for one more. Yeah. Yeah, we got like uh, seven, eight minutes or so. Maybe. Okay. Sweet. Cool. Okay. okay. So I've wanted to ask you this question too. In our last chat, but we we uh, we talked about a whole bunch of other things. So I'll ask you this one now: You guys, you've got global success, you've got global fame. I get, and but there are some countries that you'd be bigger than others. So this is important for me because I'm I'm doing a lot of journalism at the moment, and I feel like South America is the untapped heavy metal community that doesn't get recognition in the West, certainly in Europe, Australia, and the US. But is that true for you too? Are you guys really big in Mexico and South America? Would you say they're your strongest territories? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think for, for, for old school metal, for threat metal, there's no stronger territory than uh, South America, or let's say Latin America. Because we started in Mexico, we did like tours in Mexico before, like with 12 shows just in Mexico. And we did a whole Brazilian tour also before mm. when we played 11 shows only in Brazil. Jeez, and yeah. uh, and it's also the biggest crowds we ever had headlining uh, were in Brazil, I think, and Colombia. Uh, in Brazil, we played in the rainforest once uh, hmm. in, cool. in front of, in front of 5,000 people, you know, uh, it was crazy uh, in the Amazon, you know, and also in Colombia we had uh, amazing big shows. And uh, the fans are very passionate about heavy metal down there. And uh, they love the old school also. And all, all of those years since to come back, since 20 years, I mean, we played the first time in 89 actually already in Brazil. It's where we met the guys from Civil Tour the first time. But, but then we already realized how crazy the market is down there. Uh, many, many, you know, many bands have developed the market in the last years because uh, the life situation is more important nowadays for, for musicians to survive. But uh, the problem was always about the market. That's why it doesn't have so much recognition in the Western world mm -hmm. uh, because there's no sales. You know, it's all about bootlegs. It's uh, you know, people people buy the album and import the album. We also have a distribution down there for, for nuclear blast, but sales are not that high compared to how many people come to the shows. Mm -hmm. you know? So many people, many people don't have the money to buy official merch and CDs, so they buy bootlegs. So that's why in our Western world where it's only about the cash, you know, uh, 
this market is not so important, but it became important in the last years again where most people realize that there's huge crowds coming to the shows and, uh, mm. and, people, and people love old school heavy metal. So I would say, uh, you know, our best single shows we ever had have all been done in Latin America, that's for sure. I mean, even if there's a lot of crazy places, I love to play in Japan and uh, it's always a great experience to come to Australia because it's, it's a different world. But uh, the craziest fans are, you know, most passionate are definitely Latin Yeah, fans. Yeah, I thought as much, and I'm glad you confirmed it, yeah. You can, yeah. You can compare it to the football game, you know, if you go to oh, a, a, yeah. so a soccer or a football game in Germany, people are crazy, but in Latin, Latin America, they're nuts. <laughs> well, it's very dangerous. Have you seen the videos when competing teams are going for the plate or the cup final or what have you, and the fans are throwing... Did you see that video about last year, I think it was? Was it was it Brazil or Argentina? One of the two countries, uh, one of the more... I think it, I'm pretty sure it was Brazil, actually. But they were throwing rocks and cans and shit at this place. Yeah, it's, it's, more, it's more war than here, even. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, yeah. There's, there's, actually, there's actually a Colombian football team that has the Matt Butcher uh, <laughs> as, a, oh. as a, you know, the ultras of that team. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. It's uh, it's called, uh, the the others are called Green Hell and because it's in the Amazon also and they have uh, Destruction Matt Butcher as as a as an emblem, you know, as a, on, a, on, a huge po on a huge poster in the stadium, you know. So when the team comes in, Everything is green, and then they put up this huge Matt Butcher, you know, as their sign. And I saw the videos, I was like, wow, that's fucking cool. <laughs> Only in Latin America. Only in Latin America. Hey, I've got to, I just want to squeeze in this question before I let you go. I know you've got to go to the next one, but would you ever write a biography? So you, your story, would you ever put pen to paper and release it for Kindle or what have you? I mean, actually, I started... Uh, in my quiet downtimes and holidays, I started writing some stuff down. And I realized there's so much stuff, and I realized uh, how deep you can dive in still. And as I said, I have to do this before I forget, you know. Uh, hmm. There's so many nice memories and so many interesting happenings. So I'm trying to write stuff down at the moment. It's going to take a while, of course, because it's so much, and you don't know, you know, what's important, what's not important, and what can you write, which hmm. persons are you insulting when you write it, you know, and stuff. So... I have to learn how to do it, but I'm actually starting um, to have fun about it. So mm -hmm. there, there should there should be hopefully a biography in the next years if I make it. Sweet. All right. Well, these things are always over far too quickly, mate. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, this album's a good one, Born to Perish. It's a fantastic album. It's another slice of thrash metal masterpiece to add to your catalogue. So what can I say, mate? Hope to see you down here again soon. Andrew, thanks a lot. I mean... Uh, receptions of the album is so great so far and uh, we sure want to come back uh, to Australia I remember we came last year it was first shows in many years so mm -hmm. we're not gonna we're hopefully not gonna wait so long to come back to Australia because uh, we love touring in Australia so it's a fantastic experience we love to have you down here mate you know that from the reception at the shows they went off mate you played brilliantly so can't wait to see you down here again soon okay thanks a lot <laughs> thanks mate no worries talk to you again Thanks, mate. Okay, have a good day. You too, man. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that interview subject you tuned in to listen to was Schmear from the outfit Destruction. Thanks so much for listening.